This is the Football Pink Podcast. I'm your host Simon Parr and I'm here as usual with Scott Parr and the good news is Liverpool have kicked arse again overnight. They're up against the Arsenal and the boys done the business. What do you think Scott? Another three points mainly. Um, personally I thought Arsenal came with a game plan and for the first I would say well, 30, 35 minutes into 40 until we scored really they uh... they did better than expected to be fair uh, but just before we get into the tactics looking at the team pretty much expected um, I would have put Gomez at the back but I thought they would have played all three of their fast players so they start with Pepe they start with Aubameyang I would have thought I'm surprised they didn't start with Lacazette yeah. um, I expected all three of them to start where there's a lot of pace so I expected Gomez to come in um, but apart from that, yeah, it's what I expected. Yeah, agreed. Uh, you know, I'm a big Gomez fan anyway. And, you know, thinking that they might have started Pepe with pace, uh, then, yeah, I, I probably would have gone for it. But as you say, their formation fooled everyone and Klopp admitted it, and it fooled him completely as well. It wasn't something they expected at all. Uh, he even said that he doesn't think Arsenal played that formation at any point in pre-season. It was um, completely to combat what we do. Like I said before, um, that was their game plan. And they, if you go by their game plan point of view, they played well for 35, 40 minutes until we scored. You know, they played narrow. They allowed a lot of room out for our fullbacks just to whip the ball in, which you'd think would be our, um, you know, that's our, that's our, you know, we don't have the most creative of midfields. So that's where we're meant to, that's where we create. Um, but I think as long as they knew, they knew where the ball was going because it was narrow. They, so they expected the balls into the box. So they expected it. Um, and I think they backed the likes of Socrates and David Luiz like, over the likes of Bobby Firmino, yeah, Salah and Mane. And rightly so. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. But personally, I just think that's how far behind Arsenal are. For them to come to us, play that you know, play well, and say that they played well and played you know the best of their ability in that formation, shows how far they are behind us. They you know that a team comes to play like that is a team that is playing mid table because they're scared of us. A top six side shouldn't be coming towards being scared of us, and Arsenal played like a middle table side today. But when you think in terms of you know, they're looking at their last few results up at Anfield and they've, they, you know, they've, they've shipped goals uh, consistently. And if they come and play an open style of play, they're going to ship more goals. So you can see where they were coming from. If they'd have held out till half-time or even with one of the counter-attacks gone in a goal up, we've probably got a different second half on our hands well it looks you know it looked completely perfect the way they were going you know we, you know the first 10 or 15 I, I'm listening to one of the Arsenal um, YouTube channels and they said you know if you can get through the first 10 or 15 in Anfield they are the worst 10 or 15 minutes of your life you get through that and you can tell as soon as it hit about 15 minutes we weren't pressing anymore no. we took a step back you know we, our, our goal was to hit them early like we've done in a few games because they do fall apart yeah um, but you know they held out and like you said, they caught us on the counter a few times, but like you said, it just shows the golfing class. Um, and that, that's admitting that, you know, they are so far behind us. But from their selection-wise, I'm surprised they didn't go with the three lads up front. I agree. Considering but, we have been but, so vulnerable in behind of the fullbacks lately, you would have thought, get three lads on, 
place it over their heads and see how it happens. Yeah, I just think they might have been looking to potentially go three if they were if they were nil nil at half time, change formation second half and change it up. Uh, yeah, they they play with that diamond in the middle, as you say, leaving loads of space on the outside. Uh, Robbo, I think, was putting in better deliveries. If I was on, I think Trent put an awful lot of deliveries in. But the quality wasn't as good as it should be, and I think we potentially needed to rethink. Uh, I hate to I hate to admit that Michael Owen had a point at half time. That we were. What you mean you weren't asleep at half time? Fucking hell! <laughs> Ooh, uh, the balls going over the top. They were getting dealt with, you know, by Socrates and David Louise. So balls into feet on the edge of the area, generating a one twos, might have been a bit of a change up for us. And I, to be fair, I think we where we did do that, we had more success. Uh, but I'm not going to criticise Trent too much because his delivery for the goal from the corner was brilliant. And I so. think, although we did say he wasn't the best at whipping the ball, and which was like he wasn't beating the first man, but when he's whipping the ball onto the penalty spot and it's getting cleared away, you can't really say, you know, he should be whipping a better ball. And because these lads are ready and these lads are a lot bigger, you know, we're not known for... We do score a stupid amount of he- um, headers because of deliveries. But, you know, these lads aren't there because um, they're battling um, big central defenders in the air. They score their headers because we whip our balls in early because they don't ex- centre-backs and defenders don't expect it. But when they're expecting every single ball to come in, it's getting cleared a lot. Yeah, which is what's happening. And and again, we had the ball, quite a few times the ball was went over the top uh, and was overhit. say a couple didn't beat the front first man. A couple were a bit hooked. So, so they hit the edge of the box with no one there and it was an easy clearance I just think you know we just needed to relax off a little bit and, and take our time rather than just putting the ball in time after time after like time said, the problem is that was the game plan that always is our game plan and we've never come up with a side that allowed us that much room so like I said it's going to be a learning experience and Klopp will now look at the footage and now look at how to combat that um, in case the team does it again so the boys will know I doubt a team would let us do that again. I think, yeah. Um, less I can't worse. imagine a team doing that again because, like I said, obviously it didn't work out. And you know, if you're going to do that, we'll just we we could score any any type of goal. Yeah. A show, you know. I mean, it'll be very frustrating from them because they, you know, they did held out so well, and then to concede from a set piece is pretty poor on their part. So, uh, I guess. The other day we had some camera issues with the footage. Oh yeah, Optus Sports wanking it. But I don't think it was Optus, I think it was the live feed because I heard that the boys in New Zealand with the feed that they were having were having issues as well okay. and a couple of others. So I think it might have actually been the live feed supply. Because it stopped the, the um, we'll go to the VAR decision. Um, do we know what that was for? Nope. Because I am um, listening to the BBC podcast this morning, the phone-ins, and that when they were crossing over to the game because it was live at the time, he basically, they were talking about VAR and the bloke said, you know, there was a two-minute stoppage for VAR here for what looked like for a red card offence. They didn't say who it was for. They said a red card offence, but it looked for absolutely nothing. We couldn't see anything. No one else could see anything, but it was a two-minute check 
and it per you know it stopped a free flowing game between us two because I think it was nil nil at the time. Yeah. You know when they were countering, we were dominating. It was a good free uh, free flowing game. He said, you know, just a random two minute break. Something to do with Salah because Salah went to ground. Could we? I mean, I I, I said to you didn't I? I was like, yeah, you know, we could be in for a penalty here because I knew know how hands on David Luiz can get, and it was something between them two. And when as soon as it said red card, him out ahead, I'm like. Is there a kick out? Yeah. But by, I mean, I still haven't seen it because you know we can't even look at it an ops because it, it did freeze. Yeah, but I don't so think it was a much long of range it. out, and I've reran the footage, and you're still struggling to see. Exactly. So I don't. I mean, like I said, from the BBC, apparently there was fuck all in it really, and there was a prize. It took two minutes to realise, especially because in Anfield there is no big screen in Anfield. So, sh- you know, should they be looking at getting a screen? Apparently, it was discussed uh, when they were doing the main stand. It was also discussed when they were redoing the cop, and it was pretty much unanimous from the supporter base. They didn't want a big screen. It's like, yeah, we, we it's not the kind of thing Liverpool want. We want to see the game. You know, you do get a lot. I mean, you do get a lot of people that you know if they can't see the game, they will watch the screen. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I, I mean, I, I think. I like the idea that we don't have a screen personally. Um, I do like, um, but then yet again, you've got the other point of view. Fans are going to get frustrated and flustered without seeing what's going on. And they did start to. They were players as well. No, it's not just fans, players. Um, But personally, has changed it. I mean, the fans don't want the big screen in the general run of the game, but now VAR's involved. Maybe that would with this, with the expansion of the uh, Anfield the Road. Road end. Well, that's, that's a, we we need to talk about that at the end because there's a, the, the, I think there's a lot around that to, to be discussed. Uh, yeah. So, Sabias uh, uh, is that his name? The young lad, uh, tip of the diamond. Oh uh, yeah, I can't remember his name. Uh, hell. I I messaged you didn't I? He was um, so, yeah, someone like Sabias. Um, you know there was. I mean, looking at the game last week, he did play very well. He, you know, Arsenal played Burnley. I mean, Arsenal were Ravens, like, but they only beat Burnley two one, and um, a lot more time on the ball. Exactly, and like I said, um, you're playing. I think the commentator said it. You play. You know, he got a lot of hype last week, and people were loving him. But you know, you play. No offense to Burnley, they're not known for their tactical nouns. No, they're known for being hard men. So if you are a quick bloke and they can't get near you, they're not going to touch you. Well, so you can look good if you're, you know, if you're that Spanish. Brazilian flair type of player you can look good against Burnley but when you're playing the likes of Jordan Henderson who will kick you yet do one-twos around you you've got Gini Wijnaldum who will not fucking leave you alone and Fabinho who can literally tackle you with any part of his limb possible you know you're going to get found out and I messaged you saying you know I was wondering where this bloke is that was huge for them last week and you know turns out he was playing and within 10 minutes he was taken off well 20 minutes in he and this bit I just don't get. He's playing at the tip of a diamond, right? So effectively, he's sat behind the two strikers. Yeah, he's supposed to be the the attacking element of that diamond and the way through. Yet he was in the corner by their corner flag, picking up the ball in around Salah in defence, and he he's struggling to to. To sort of like keep hold of it, plays the ball back inside. They're trying to play it out from the back as they do, and then he plays this stupid ball in field that you know 
I think it was, it was such a shot to Mane that he just picked it up and shot, shot it. He had so much space. I think he got a good feet. That was the first shot on target, I do remember, yeah. And it's like, <clears> what the hell? A, the fact that the pass, the, the pass was made there and how he's done it. But then it was only later on when I'm looking who did it. And I, hang on, this kid's supposed to be at the tip of the diamond. Shows how we're pulling their shape. Their players completely out of shape. I'd say it can be two two things. A couple of discipline point of view. You know, he's um, he is young, he's fresh to the Premier League, um, he wants to be everywhere. It could be a discipline type of thing, or it could be just a frustration side of thing. He's not getting a touch. Um, you know, he's frustrated. You know, yeah, because their outboards are going out right over the top. Exactly. I don't know where he came from, but you know, he's going to Arsenal. You're, you know, especially because they haven't really played a big side yet. I guess you know he's not used to not having a lot of possession. He's used to getting on the ball a lot, especially last week. You know, coming towards, he's not used to it. So my guess is he's gone there to, you know, just get a touch of the ball. Yeah, potentially. And again, so 33 minutes in, you know, they they were looking to break on the counter. We had a corner. Uh, Hendo, you know, on a rarity, copped up and then ended up in a sprint race recovering back again trying to race against Pepe to get a one-on-one with the keeper and luckily the shot went straight at Adrian but that was one opportunity that could have changed the game for them and that's the difference between the two sides you know um, we didn't get gifted a chance last week but if you cross over to last week okay like I said we weren't gifted a chance like we did to Pepe really but we were given half a chance because I mean it was probably more than half a chance really but we were given half a chance and we took it yeah. Just before half time, they were on top. Um, so I'm sorry. So, yeah, Southampton were on top, and we Mane scored, took our chance to change the game. You know, if he scores that, I still feel like we'd go on to win the game personally. But you know, if he scores that, um, you know, we could be sitting there. It could be, it could be totally different. Um, and I think that's the the golfing class between the two um, sides. We, we, if we, if it was the opposite way, you know, Arsenal maybe on top of, against us a bit more at the Emirates. You know, and we had that, what if you think Sadio or Salah is running away with a chance like that? Just like his first Salah's, um, the, um, his second and our third goal. You know, Salah didn't have many chances during the game. But if that was a half a chance, he skinned Louise and put it in the bottom corner. I think we've got to give credit to this team of players. that They've trained all week. That's the first game they've had where they've had a full week's training on the run into a game. So they'll have guessed at what formation Arsenal are going to play they'll have practiced all the ins and outs and how they're going to deal with it all and to be fair Arsenal have come up with something they haven't trained for and I'm telling you now although you say they've had a full week's training I think that's bullshit you know they played Thursday and Saturday last week they're still you know and, and it was a tough game against Southampton there's no way they had a proper full week's training no. you know what I mean but they definitely had you know they probably it. Light training, yeah, but they've, you know I mean? they've not been traveling, they've had yeah, of course. sessions. The, the, the actual uh, behind the scenes team have had the time to study Arsenal 100%. and put the tactics together, so they, they've had time. I'm on looking the more pitch. of a player's point of view, you know, there's no way they've been able to get you know, recover and then get back into training Monday, you know, what I mean, no. they, they would have they probably would have, you know, Sunday they would have had off. Once Friday, they had Monday off or a light, a light training Monday night, and then Tuesday they would have got into it. But they'd have been given lots of video analysis to watch. 
to go over because they've not got another game to worry about and they'll have had time to focus on that. But really what I'm going with this is, you know, they were given this puzzle to solve. You know, they were playing narrow, we were going wide, we're putting the balls in, we're getting some success, but we weren't necessarily getting the final ball right. But bit by bit, once we got in, say, into the half hour mark, we start finding our stride a little bit and start getting successes. The boys was beginning to work out how to how to make this work. You know, and, and Salah had the ball into his feet around the 38th, 39th minute. And real he, turn, wasn't it? He turned really well and it was only inches wide. And that was the first sort of like hint of, okay, they're, they're starting to work this out. Uh, that, if that goes in, you know, that... Um, shows what we're like. I mean, it happened last week. We just scored a goal out of you know nothing. We can we can just you say on nothing. We can score a goal. Well, it's only a couple of minutes after that that we do get the corner. Uh, it's a great delivery in from Trent Van. Yeah, again, David. To be fair, if it's missed, it's going to be a penalty. Yeah, David was all pieces. over him. Funny enough, pulling his shirt, uh, and it would have been a pen. But my tip comes in with a, a hell of a header. Really good. And, and uh, we're actually getting goal. some, you know, our defenders, you know, I think the thing about defenders, they haven't, although they're colossus, you know, bad dyke, but, you know, especially towards the end of last year, you know, on, you know, start of this year now, we're starting to get some goals out of our, you know, you want your defenders to at least get in five goals each, to be yeah. honest. You want 10 goals between your defence, really, off corners, because that's what they're there for. And, you know, well on route to that already. Exactly. We've got, you know, two, you know, you think two in the first three games of the season, happy days. Um, you know what I mean yeah. and it's for the way the game was going it was going to take something like that to unlock it and as soon as we get that first they have to come out they can't play like that and that just plays into our favour post the goal we had on the run until half time we had a really peach period of five minutes where we could have scored another two or three uh, they were all good chances and I'm telling you right now the last five minutes of the first half and the first five minutes of the second half we are the best team in the world at it yeah I, last five minutes, some teams start to switch off. We switch on even further. We go into the next gear up. So the amount of times we score late in a half and vice versa, we score really early in the second half. Because again, in the second half, teams are only just switching on where I think well, we're already on. Yeah. Type of thing. You know, having got the goal before half time, you say that really good spell. We go in at half time, and as you say, we come out absolutely on fire into a 10 minute period where they just can't live with us at all well you know like i said that fan said earlier on um saying you know the first five you know that 10 or 15 outfield is the worst of your life it is but you know what the second worst of your life the 10 or 15 yeah, yeah. after half time now you know we come out <laughs> on guns blazing again and you know you know you know everyone you know most people have played some sort of sport themselves as soon as you've sat down and you've got back up, you know, for the first five, you can feel really lethargic and you slowly get back into the game. I want to know what we're doing at half-time. Because for me, we do just come out and we don't look stiff. We don't look disjointed. Ribena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ribena. So, um, yeah, we just come out, like, basically, like, the exact, like, we're fresh. And the ball through. It's like the boys can't wait to get... Back, back on. onto the field. So we've had a peach period. Especially when we have, time. you know, we, we play so well at the end of the first half, they're starting to smell the blood. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, they get back into the change room, they're getting caged up. 
And as soon as that whistle goes, that you know they're, they're unleashed again. So yeah, uh, in, into the second half, and Firmino plays a lovely through ball for Salah, completely wrong foots David Luiz, who has no choice rather than to pull a shirt in the penalty box and complain about it afterwards because I only pulled it a little bit. Yeah, it was quite. It, it was odd, wasn't it? Um... And you know you're saying earlier Emery about that as well. Pardon? You and I, Emery complained. Yeah, yeah. As well. I mean, I've got the interview like, up here. He goes, um, it was a soft penalty. But you know, I'm looking back to what you said earlier about the, um, you know, playing a bit more intricate on the edge of the box. And as soon as we go one up, we can start doing more of that stuff. And that shows how easy we can do it. We're getting behind. Let's be honest. Could, I mean, look, you're, you're being picky here, but it could be a case that you know you could actually send Aaron Luis off, off there because. I guarantee Sal scoring that if he gets through. Yeah. Um, and it was so obvious. You knew straight away it was a penalty. And thankfully, thanks to VAR, if it wasn't given, it would have went upstairs. Now, there's a technical argument for David Luiz to be sent off. Because he's last match. He you know, with wrong goal. But it's, no, even given the penalty. With the double jeopardy rule nowadays, if the penalty is given, generally you, it's only a yellow card offence. Except if it's uh, a blatant, if it's no attempt to play the ball. Well, David Luiz made no attempt to play the exactly ball. He, he just doing. pulled the shirt. David Luiz is that type of player, you know. He, he, he he's clumsy, but but he's smart. He's, he's he effective. is smart. Like um, I've seen, you know, I've seen photos, videos of him where you know he the last minute, you know, last couple of minutes, he's holding the ball up. He'll get a tap on the and he'll go down screaming. Yeah. And I think there's a bit where he's covering his face like that. And he looks up to the camera where like smiles. all the fans are, and he winks and smiles, and then continues rolling around. So he knows what he's doing. He's a smart player, um, but that it, we, that was just too obvious. I think with VAR coming in, the days of those styles of dark arts are probably on the way out because players will be pulled off uh, post game for shit like that as well now. And I think the likes of David Luiz, the dark arts in the box, are starting to get found out. But like I said, it didn't even try and, you no. know, make it a bit discreet. At least, you know, you can kind of say you got away with the one for the um, the Matic goal where he stopped Van Dyke. But, um, you know, I mean, and with the penalty itself, I'm one of those that, you know, say a few months ago, didn't think Salah was a very good penalty taker. I think <laughs> he takes three steps back, he belts the wank out of it, and it goes in or it doesn't. Um, he, and he tries to beat the keeper with pace. But... You know, I, I you know I remember saying when the Champions League final going, this could go anywhere because he does put so much pace on it, and he, you know he didn't have the best track record with penalties, does he? Really, doesn't have the best. But, you know, then he scored in the final, uh, it, crucial you know crucial moment. You know, he scored again for Egypt in that crucial penalty to take him to the World Cup over a year ago. You know, he scored his penalty um, in the penalty shout the other week, and that you know, that was probably one of the best penalties I've ever seen. Again, I think it's. Uh... Penalties is a lot on confidence. Hundred percent, and he's high in confidence right now. And if you are flying like he is, not not a drama. Give me the ball. I know where the goal is. Bang, we move on. Well, you say normally it's either placement and you place it so far into the corner the keeper can't get it, or you smack the shit out of it and hope the you know your the pace of the ball beats the keeper. He He did both. both. (laughs) That literally couldn't have got any more top bins. That know what they say, you know, clearing the cobwebs. With one keeper, hell of a pen. If the keeper had gone the right way, he's probably thankful he didn't because 
you know, he gets a sore wrist off of that if he gets anywhere near it. So yeah, away we go again. Uh, boys are flying. We, the game opened up from that point heavily. It was uh, always going to. Um, you feel like you know, you know, there wasn't. What game wasn't going to finish at that point? And um, there was always going to be another goal, and um, it was one hell of a third goal. Uh, again, David Luiz, because of the yellow card from the from the penalty, he. This is where you think he should be smarter, really. Uh, it was a the hell of a ball from Fabinho that comes out. Unbelievable ball. But Salah's still got a shitload to do from that point, and his first touch is beyond David Luiz. But David Luiz should never have been yeah, that close hold, tight to him. Hold the player up. You know, they're I, very high. You know, you, know, you look you look at it from this point of view, that yes, they're very high, but that actually comes from Adrian that goal. You know, yeah. we talk about, you know, Allison's out, so we might not be able to play out at the back as much. You know, there was a mistake last week. But we get, you know, it, it comes to an end of one of their attacks. It goes to um, Al, um, Adrian. He puts it over one of their strikers. I know, he, he chips the ball over. It hits um, Trent. He does a one-two with somebody. It fights it. Then it finds itself into Fabinho. And then he plays a great ball to Salah. Um, so that's why they're so high. Because we're so quick. They start pushing up, trying to press us in, because, you know, you would last week after Adrian's mistake, you would press him, and, you know, you heard their crowd in the first half trying to get yeah. on his back. Ooh. So, you know, they press up trying to force the error, so their back line's really high up. So, you say they're high up, but, you know, Salah's on the, on, on the edge of, on the halfway line, so their back line pushes up because everyone else pushes up because they don't want to be left behind. So, you say he's right close up to him, but he has to be. Because then the ball gets played it's, through. He's on the wrong side. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's horrific defending. And but there's still so much for Salah to do. There is. Oh, no question. If he's on a yellow card, he's not on a yellow card. Oh, he David kicks him. Luis kicks him. 100%. Because yeah. he's that Salah player and, you know, you w- anyone would. But it's the, you know, Mane's probably the best player I, 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 in the world at the minute at it. That way, he's literally, he gets the ball, he stops dead, and, and then he goes. goes and, again. you know, they say Mane's amazing for it. And you know, South can do it just as good. You know, he you know he gets traps the ball, he faints one way and goes, and there's no stopping him. Perfect, um, just like just like you used to tell me about Michael Owen, cuts the cross to the defender. Absolutely. Defender can't touch him because he's probably going to be sent off in a penalty, and he, he puts it away. Yeah, and he was never going to miss. Yeah, it's like perfect Salah at that point. It's I'm running from the edge of the halfway line. Towards the edge of the box. How many goals has he scored? Like how many goals has he scored? Like he's running, he's running that diagonal into the eighteen-yard box, and he just side foots it. It's like it's at his vintage Mo Salah. And the keeper knows exactly where he's going to put it, but can't do anything about it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There's, yeah. There's nearly sixty thousand people in the crowd know exactly where that ball's going to go, and he just and he doesn't seem to hit it that hard. He just seems to side foot pass it round the keeper into the corner. Fantastic finish, fantastic goal. I mean, we're saying all this, and you just need to take a think back and go, how good is this side that we're watching? It's great. Um, this is, you know, I'm tw- I just turned 22, and this is the best Liverpool side I've ever seen. And I've seen us win a Champions League. I've seen us win. I mean, I was young, but I've seen us win a treble. Um, I've seen us come close to um, to league on a few occasions. But this is by far the best Liverpool side I've ever seen. And you know, look, we can be critical. You know, yes, you know, we conceded and what have you. You know, they did have chances. You know, Norwich, you know, we conceded. You know, all this type of stuff. 
Chelsea weren't the best, but bloody hell, this you know look, we are we, we are with, that good. And you thing is, you, you can be negative, but you've just got to enjoy it. We, play we are risk, that good. You've we, got to look at it and go wow and enjoy it. Agreed. We play risk reward football. If you're on the front foot trying to score goals and you are pushing your full backs up, guess what? You can get exposed and maybe you're going to drop a goal, but you're going to score a lot more than you, than you actually league. Oh, and then you put two bleeding good centre halves in and a really good keeper in, and you limit the risk even further. I seen a comment. It was you know go back to when we almost won the league in thirteen fourteen. It that was a sh- um, solely we're going to score more goals than you. And I seen a comment saying this season you know it could be like that. And in my head I'm like behave, because you know and even if it is, so be it. But it's not, and like you just gotta not be all doom and gloom about it because um, you got because this isn't gonna live, last forever. Um, we you know that is a club uh, record now. Twelve Premier League um, got uh, wins on the bounce, joint record. We go to Burnley next week. week to make that thirteen on the bounce without losing. Um, it's a what's well, that now? I think we're just going about a year and a bit, just over a year now without losing a game a at home. Year and a half. Year and a half without losing the game at home. No, it's becoming a fortress now. It has been for over a year now, but it's becoming a fortress. And look, we are going to lose eventually. Of course we we're going to lose at home. You know, the chances are we're going to lose this season, believe it or not. So, but, just, not. but enjoy it because, you know, this isn't going to last forever. Yeah, it, it's taken us back to housing days and Paisley, you know, as regards the way this side is turning into, uh, into domination. And if City weren't around, we'd be sweeping everything before us. But, you know, as soon as the chink show in City's armour, I think we're there to... Well, you look at it now. You look at the table now, we are five points clear, three games in. Yes, we're three games in. Yes, they've got to play tonight. But you look at the table and we are five points clear and we're three games in. And I am fully expecting them to go to Bournemouth tonight and absolutely spank them all over the shop. However, however... It, the pressure's on them to go to Bournemouth and win. And no matter what they do tonight, they are still going to be behind us at Correct. the end of the day. They can spank Bournemouth 10-0 and they will still be second. Exactly. And that's the way we need to look at things. You know, it's very early on. You know, we were doing this from Christmas last year and, you know, it. You know, the pressure was horrendous. We're doing this from minute one and it's going to be a long ride, but we just need to enjoy it. Yeah, agreed. Enjoy it. You know, it's, it's the best way to put it. Because if you can't enjoy this football right now what can you enjoy (laughs) why are you in it because I wasn't enjoying when we were not playing Champions League football you know I didn't watch the Champions League final I mean it wasn't long ago I watched a YouTube um, video and it was um, all the Champions League final goals and I I was thinking I was like I don't remember any of these games because we weren't in the Champions League so I didn't give two shits so you're looking back and You've got to enjoy it now. We're doing these type of things. We're in these competitions. We're winning, and you know it's it's so much special. It is so much special, and you just got to take it on the chin and look ahead. Alrighty, so we get into the last ten minutes of the game, and it's absolutely full on Liverpool, 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 and then we should have scored more, and then we give them a consolation goal. But to be honest, listeners, I was really pleased because I had a bet on us winning three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, send me a uh, message. So I had a few hundred bucks riding on it. So I, uh, I was quite happy at that point. So I've never seen a guy celebrating Arsenal goal so much. I mean, 
what I love about us conceding, um, obviously I don't love us conceding, but how angry everyone was. Adran looked like he was going to headbutt somebody when he conceded that. Um, Henderson screamed. Van Dyke punched the um, punched the ground. Like how angry everyone is. It's probably because they're not going to get their couple of grand bonus. <laughs> Let's be honest. But it's well, they're after a clean sheet. There's not a clean exactly. Sheet we look, we haven't got a clean sheet this year and um, this year so far. And Klopp has said that we need to improve. Um, he goes, "This we are not in Disneyland." His words. Um, we need to improve because. We're still giving teams half a chances, you know, and we are still conceding goals. We need to start, you know, we went seven games without conceding the clean sheet last year. You know, we, we've conceded every single game this year so far. Um, but you know what? We're still winning games, and that's the main thing. Uh, again, on the goal, we were poor in defence, right from the off. Uh, Trent, Trent's clearance... To be honest, for me, he, it, sh- he should have maybe just actually let it go out for the throw in. But he's trying to do the right thing. For me, it's not a bad clear. Look, we're being very picky. For me, it's not a bad clearance. But um, the front three, it was Salah needs to be on their toes um, to drop in and pick it. To up. drop in and pick it up, it you know, he was on his back feet. It was there. Um, I don't I can't remember who it was. It was their full back that was on his toes who picked the ball up and it created a goal. But you yeah. know what? I could not be asked. I could not care less because three points is three points. Again, I think effectively Hendo came in and all but made the tackle. And I think everyone thought that he had made the tackle. So, I mean, everyone stopped because of that. And the player just managed to keep hold of the ball, thought it, the tackle had happened, and he managed to get the ball out from under his feet and there's a shot and it's in the goal. Uh, so, thoughts on subs with Ox and Lallana? I mean, you say they got the goal and they stopped to come on last ten. It was because we made changes, and I've seen Arsenal fans saying, "Well, we played better towards the end of the game." But it's it was the same with um, Norwich in the first game. But we take our foot off the gas because we don't need to carry on. If that was the Champions League game and we needed to score six, we score six there today last night. If we needed to score seven, we went. We would have scored seven. We didn't need to. Three 0 we could have took our foot off the gas. We could allow players to come on. They didn't stand out really, did they? But they just came on and got them a few minutes under their legs. Milner just comes on and just bosses the midfield and just sorts stuff out. Alrighty, so basically that we come to the end of the game and uh, boys have uh, done the business. So uh, game game's done, dusted. We look forward to next week. Uh, Burnley away. So Burnley away, I mean, they're playing Wolves tonight, so that'll be interesting to see how they get on. Um, away to uh, away to Wolves, so they'll, you know, hopefully they'll get beat tonight. And look, they were they were they were okay against Arsenal last week, but if Arsenal can beat them two one, you know, you think we'd go and beat them? You'd I would think. expect us to. Exactly. Uh, some other news around. Uh, yeah, there's been this talk of the Nike kit deal. Uh, yeah, it, it it came out from uh, one of the US investor sites that looks like Liverpool are about to sign a huge deal with Nike. It'll put it be the best deal around. I like it if it's true for the money, but I'm not really keen on Nike kits anymore. They're just boring. Yeah, look, um, from a person that likes to wear um, the tops and stuff like that, I do like Nike kits because they're trendy. You, you know, 
being um, you know young adult, it's trendy to wear. Um, like I say, from a money point of view, it's very good. But if we were to stay with New Balance, I wouldn't care because I like the gear. I like the, you know they've got they've, they've done really well with the kits. Um, I like the style even and the kits. The style and the kits, even the you know training wear that they do is really nice. And you know you think a lot of the Nike kits are actually very similar to each other because there's That's that many it. teams. Not many people, you know, we're the only team with New Balance, so uh, kids are kitting it really. As long as it's got the badge, hills the flames, it's job done. And loads of money. Yep. Uh, Annie Road. That's what I wanted to talk about. So the the. Uh, the planning permission that have been put up for the Annie Road extension has expired, or is about to expire, and the club have announced that they're going to let it expire, which is all well and good. And now we've got the hype up because they're saying they're letting it expire because they 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 want bigger plans for the Annie Road. Now, I'm all for that. I've got no problem with that. What I do have a bit of a concern about is there's no meat on the bone. The reality is anything bigger for the Annie Road end involves changes to infrastructure in and around Anfield, which has always meant in the past train line to get people in and out of the area better. If you haven't been to Anfield, it's probably the hardest fucking stadium to get to because it's out the way of the city and there's no way to it. And if you want to walk from the city, you get off the train Most people station. get a train, in, don't they? If you live okay. out the city, you get a train um, or it's, a wayside, you get a train to Lime Street. And it's a 40 minute walk and you've got to cross four lanes of, two, two roads of about four lanes wide to get there. There's no easy walking. And because of this, a lot of people drive, so there's a lot of car parks around, um, people you know you have to pay for. So you know, trying to get through, onto the M62 so, is a pain. So the, the reality is any concept of putting railway lines in the UK is a minimum of a 10-year government plan. And bear in mind, look at the way our governments operate in the UK at the moment with Brexit and everything else. Last thing on their mind, isn't it? It ain't gonna happen. So there's gonna need to be alternative transportation plans made that satisfy all the rules, which is still gonna take time. So everyone jumping around and saying, this is great, they're going to redo the Annie Road end. It's going to be bigger. Yeah, it is. But I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I think we're probably... I think I want that, you know, from the approval of the, um, main, the main stand, stand to it finally starting to get built with a long period of time. So it's just, you know, exactly. it's just... Look, it, from approval. This, we have nothing to Exactly. Approve. So it's just, look, it's another cog in the wheel. Um, it's another step forward. Put it back here, Mike. We're not going to hear about it for probably another year. And maybe more. And that's really what I wanted to say on that. I don't want everyone jumping up and down thinking we're going to have more more, uh, more season tickets in the next two to three years. It's going to take some time. That's fine. can put more corporate anyway. Uh, so, uh, now, whether... Well, if you're on social media, anything to do with the overseas uh, your supporters clubs, you will have seen that there was a... Uh, a questionnaire that, that went out asking for people to commit if Jamie Webster was going to come to Australia would you be interested now I don't have any real th necessary insight but all the supporters clubs have started putting things up saying uh, keep calm it looks like it's happening everyone's making the noises that it's right it was originally earmarked 
in around November. So, fingers crossed, we may see Jamie Webster on these shores real soon. And for those that haven't seen Jamie Webster on anything to do with they would have. I mean, you, you probably haven't known it, but you would have. Um, I was speaking to a mate the other day. Um, I'll eat, I'll say, you know, so-and-so may be coming. Have you seen on Facebook? He's like, oh, no. I was like, he's like, who's that? I was like, you know, easy way to describe him. He's the one with up bouncing. All the Liverpool fans bouncing, the guy with the guitar. He's like, oh, yeah, I've seen him. LA, LA, LA. Exactly. The guy with the guitar, that's him. Um, Kiev, Madrid, all over Europe, Dublin. You know, he's been everywhere. So, you know, it's great for fan culture here, isn't it? Like, if we can get him here, people, you need to be there. End of story. Once in a lifetime. Watch this space. Uh, I really, really hope it happens. Uh, the other news as well, we had quite a few supporters from Adelaide at the game. So with fingers crossed, we're going to get somebody onto the podcast to talk about their experiences. That would be really good as well. Uh, any other news? I guess uh, lower down news, Berry got saved. Berry is a football league club that nearly went to the wire. The only reason I repeat that is, you know, it, Liverpool came very close to going under at one point not so long ago through to bad ownership. Bury, you know, one of the oldest teams in the Football League nearly went under this week. They were hours away. But they've got a new owner, so all good. Anything else, Scott? All good. All right, with that, we'll call it a day. Uh, roll on next week. Roll on Bernie and uh, up the Reds.